1: even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.
2: This month's episode is sponsored by SB Sports. In partnership with Jason Quigley, James and Gallagher, and now, of course, Ammo and Danny's Irish Anfield Road. Get all your sportswear from boxing gear to football kits. Get 15% off with the special discount code AMO2020. To do that, follow the link on our Facebook page. Thank you very much, SB Sports.
0: To another episode of Camel and Danny's Irish Shamrock Road. Now we've had a week off from the football with the international break. Um, I say week off because people will be thinking, "Oh, well, there was still plenty of football on." But international football is crap. So I <laughs> was a, a real week. So there was a week off. We've done a different type of podcast last week, and now we are back with our usual stuff to be able to go through Liverpool's many different games that are going to be coming up in the next few weeks. And there's so much to be talking about. First thing to ask you, obviously apart from how's your week been, is what do you make of Liverpool's new training facilities that they've been showing off over the last couple of days?
2: Well, hey, thanks, Dan. It's been a great week. Um, International football been dipping in and out of it, but it's just not the same. Any real football fans just know it's just a, you know, with all the injuries, but I'm sure coming to that. Um, Yeah, I mean, it's sad to leave Melwood. I've seen a lot of the, the former players leaving great tribute. You know, the likes of Fowler's, Gerards, Gerrards, Carragers. Um, but the new trainfields facilities look class. Henderson looks impressed with them anyway. Um, so um, who else did I see? i seen Henderson. I've seen Adrian. Adrian was putting a lot of live videos and stuff on Instagram. Okay. Um, and they're obviously top, top, top of the range. Um, there's a lot of history and tradition with Melwood. And I don't know what they're going to do with it, but with the new training facility, you know, it's only round the corner in Kirby, and um, I'm sure they'll get the use out of it. And they've got the the best technology, so yeah, good luck to all the Liverpool players. And if it helps them off the pitch, hopefully, can help them on the pitch. So all good. What did you think?
0: Yeah, um, I seen. I think the video that I seen was the Liverpool and Axa got uh, Oxley Chamberlain to do a full. Uh, tour of the place. I suppose you've got to he's gotta justify his wages somehow as soon as he never seems to play football anymore. Um, so <laughs> they got Chamberlain to do a full walk around the place and it just looks amazing, doesn't it? Just the, the level of facilities that they've got there. I love the fact that the changing room, the pitches, everything is for everyone. Like obviously most professional training pitches, like I don't know about you, I've been to Melbourne, I played in Melbourne a few times and stuff in back in the day. And one of the things that you always notice about professional training grounds is that you have the section for the main squad and then you have the section far away for the academy. And Jürgen Klopp has very much just brought everything together and he's thought, I'm putting everyone together, the changing rooms and everything. If you look at the changing rooms, I thought it was quite funny, that they've got sort of all the benches around the outside of the changing room with people's numbers on and shirts and then benches in the middle that have got just a number on it. And it's just like basically the school bench that you get in like leisure centers and stuff when we used to play football. And (laughs) game club hasn't distinguished between anyone. So Oxley Chamberlain was saying he thinks Salah's going to have a bit of a mood on because Salah's on one of those little benches in the middle. Um, But he's just mixed everyone together. He's just like, everyone's the same. You've got to know where you've come from. You've got to know where you're going. Um, And I like that about the facility. I think it'll be really good in terms of getting young players up to the next level.
2: Yeah, I mean, I haven't seen this video with Oxley Chamberlain. actually, I must actually watch it. And um, but I've played, like yourself, I played at Melwood myself. Um, it's about four years ago, and I won a competition with Vauxhall, and we got to play at it. And met a few legends. And there was, you know, when you're walking through the place and you see like the wee kit room, and you're like, wow, some of the legends that have walked through this place. It's mm-hmm. just, it's, 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 It was, it was amazing, and I'm sure the new facility here will have the same kind of aura about it in the years to come. So, um, yeah, I mean, as as the saying goes, you can't be left behind, and and everyone everyone knows about Manchester City's um, training facilities and how good they are, and like they they've integrated the, the ladies' team along with the under 23s and mm. I think that's the way football's going now. Um, and I think that I don't know if I'm right in this opinion, but I think over the last ten years, players are getting a bit more of a chance younger, um, because they've been playing since younger and they're getting a, a far greater ability. And I think now that the quicker you can integrate the team between you know the youth teams and the, the main team is, is brilliant. So I think all, all will help and that's good to know, you know.
0: Yeah. Oh, yeah, definitely. Well, and obviously the whole reason in having these pitches and the training facilities and everything is so that we can perform in the matches. And getting into the fact that a few weeks ago, we obviously played Man City. It feels like an absolute lifetime ago now. But yeah, um, we played Man City just a couple of weeks ago and... Was obviously we drew the game. Now, obviously getting straight into it and talking about it, what did you make of the game? I don't know about you, but I, I would have took a draw before the game started. So what did you actually make of the game? Yeah, I mean, I watched it with a couple of friends and I think in the end, anyway we were lucky to
2: get a draw. Now, I'm not saying that we had a bad performance, but, you know, the, obviously the biggest the biggest talking point is, is the, the De Bruyne and Miss Penalty. Um whether it was a penalty or not, because like, could you could you argue that Joe Gomez's hand was in a natural position or unnatural position? It's a hard one. Um, it's funny enough. I, I played football yesterday evening, and the exact same happened to me. And it, no one even shouted for a penalty. No one even like ever knew it was handball, but it was like I don't know. I just think these this VAR rule, and obviously the referee went over to the monitor, and made this decision very quickly. So I think hmm. the biggest talking point of that game was to the the miss Miss penalty, but I think maybe a little bit of justice with the decision. But the game itself, we played well in spells, but I think overall it was a fair result. And um, I think a few people, potentially myself, as well, we get a bit well thinking oh, City aren't the side that they're going to be. We're going to stuff them. But we forget that City is still playing on all four fronts and they're still demolishing people in Europe. And they might have, I haven't been great in the Premier League, but it's only been seven games. So I think at the end of the season, that could be a valuable point for Liverpool. Um, and yeah, I think, honestly, I think it was a fair result. But it's one of those games that we could have easily won, Nick 2-1. One of those games that we could have easily Nick, uh, lost uh, 2-1. So it's, for me, the game itself it wasn't a great spectacle. They kind of evened each other out, but there was f- good football played in parts. But um, yeah, I think the biggest talking point of the game was that the are missed penalty because I don't think he'll probably ever miss a penalty again in his life. So it was probably a good bit of faith, you know. What about you? What did you think?
0: Yeah, of all the people to miss a penalty, De Bruyne is like obviously it's te- like I I will I'll happily admit like I obviously I love the likes of Salah I love Mane and the top top players De Bruyne is the best player in the Premier League for me. Um, he is absolute quality. So as soon as De Bruyne steps up to take a penalty, you think to yourself, uh, unless we save it, it's it's two one and that's it. Um, I I agree with you that I think we we were lucky. I think we were lucky to, to come out with a draw. I think we were a little bit sloppy at times. I think the Gomez, um, Gomez didn't play too well. I think injuries just doesn't help us in this whole situation at the minute, coming up against a big team like City. Um, but yeah, to see the Bruin not only not score, but completely miss the goal was just completely unprecedented. And for me, it kind of epitomises what is going on. In this season, up to now, the way we've lost against Aston Villa, the fact that City got battered by Leeds, all these different results that have been going on throughout the season, is kind of epitomizing the fact that De Bruyne just completely snuffed his lines and missed the goal. And you think to yourself, that's what twenty twenty football season is all about, isn't it?
2: Well, <laughs> you you um, you forgetting that was an interesting fact. I think I am correct in saying that was the the the, the first man uh, Man City pen, or was the first player to miss a pen for Man City since Riyadh Morris at Anfield a few yeah. years ago. If you remember, so you know, you've got a bad you look You can't um, you can't be great every single game. You, you know, you know yourself, people know anyone that's playing football and goes to work every day, you know, you, you're not going to be your best every day. You just have to be yeah. professional and try and you know do the get the job done the best way you can. And I think as things were now with the injury problems that we have, you know, missing Van Dyke and stuff like that. Um I I I, I couldn't see you know, the way Hayes scored that goal. I couldn't see Hazard getting that can kind of finish and getting that turn away with Van Dijk there. Yeah. You know, and I don't want to batter away about Van Dijk, but I just don't see it happening. I don't see any player ever done that to the likes of Van Dijk. Yeah, so um, I don't see City getting that first goal that they scored with Van Dijk there. So, you know, considering on the whole, I think personally it was a good result. And um, yeah, we go again, and it's one of them we've been bitten by Villa, which is a bit of a a one off. I think after that we've done all right we've 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 won all drew um, I'd say the only other game we do is Everton which yeah, we won't go into because I'm still angry but we've done all right um, <laughs> but yeah I'm just kind of worrying about the upcoming fixes now because the injury list is stacking up isn't it Danny?
0: Yeah because obviously one of the other talking points coming out of that game was Trent going off with the calf injury um, obviously he's going to potentially be out for three or four weeks I think the international break came at the right time for him um, to give him chance to just relax, recover, um, and all the rest of it. But obviously, Trent got injured during that game. Uh, Gomez then got injured while away in England, which looks like it's going to be a season-long thing. So that's both of our main centre backs out for the entire season. What What do you make of? Because we're going to go into the Leicester game in a second. But what do you make of what our back line could potentially be? So it's going to be what Robinson, um, like. I can't even think of who we potentially have. Matthew, maybe, but it just yeah. depends on how he goes. So we're going to have to rely potentially on a lot of young lads.
2: Well, um, I, I, I'm i going to go through them one by one because it's hard to kind of go through, you know, you've got to take this as a one-by-one one basis. When it comes to Arnold, personally, I don't think it's the worst thing. Because the, the age is he's played so much football in the last three or four years. Like He's practically played um, Saturday, Tuesday, Saturday, Tuesday for the last, three years non-stop and then he got brought into England squad and I even think before he was in England squad he was still playing under 21 football so he just hasn't had a break. So for me personally we month off for Alexander Arnold won't be the end of the world. And with the likes of Nico Williams and James Miller can do a job there for me I don't think that that's the end of the world. Plus as he says he's had two weeks with the international break. Um the most pointless internationals ever my head just absolutely just they're not going to go in there anywhere just this nations league is just a load of he should have just scrapped that to give the players a break, but we'll not go, we'll not, we'll not go there, Danny. But so the Arnold one is, yeah, fair enough, I, I think. As long as there's only a month, it might do him good, you know, just to get a mental break as well. Um, when it comes to Gomez, um, I'm, I'm just... <sighs> what what can you say? He, he's had a few injuries since he's come to Liverpool. Um, and I know we're going to discuss like kind of players that have had injuries towards the end of the pod day. Um Great players for Liverpool, but for me it's like it doesn't rain a pause. And then I think these rumours that um Robinson might not be fully fit for the um for the game the weekend the OPS. And then obviously Sal has COVID. Um hopefully Fabinho's back. Danny, I don't know. All I can say and then Rhys Williams had to sit out the twenty under twenty one game as well with, with precautionary there So I think for a hamstring injury, I think. Mm. Um, the way I look at Danny there's two ways to look at it the first way is this oh no all doom and gloom no 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 the second way I look at it is I like get a chance of people the likes of Williams um, the likes of Matt Phillips them boys have, they're not being thrown at the deep end because they've made the debuts for the pool and have played so for me that's why they're there that's why I have a squad they've got to step up they've got plenty of experience around them um, I just took to Henderson um, as fit as well because Henderson's an interesting one because he, he's coming thirty. He's played a hell of a lot of football. He never misses a game. He gives a hundred and ten percent every game. And I'm just starting to think that like this international break for Henderson was a, little, a step too far because I just think the age he's at now, he's got to kind of maybe he might have one more tournament in him for England, and he should need to just kind of hang up his boots for England and and focus on Liverpool because the amount of football that these top top players play is just they're only human at the end of the day and. Yeah. Um, no preseason, etc. 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 Um it's hard. But I just if you think if Henderson's not going to be in there, if obviously Gomez is out, Arnold's out, hopefully Robinson's fit, you haven't got Salah. Before you know it, you're throwing players in the how many players can you change and then it's not affect the system. That's what I'm trying to ask. And it? it's it's a it's a it's worrying times, especially with Leicester City coming up. I mean, what what's your thought on all the injuries? Um I heard someone say in the radio recently that It's only because it's Liverpool, everyone's making a big deal and every other team's got injuries, but man, we've been unlucky, haven't
1: we?
0: Yeah, I think a lot of other teams have got injuries and I understand that and I know I heard someone speaking about it on TalkSport last week and about obviously we're playing Leicester at the weekend. Leicester have been plagued with injuries this season as well. The difference between Liverpool and why people are talking about it and the Leicester injuries and other teams have got injuries as well is the fact that say we'll take Leicester as the example? Leicester, I've got I think five players injured at the minute. They're all in a variation of positions. So they've had Jamie Vardy out for a little bit. Yeah, I understand he's a big player. Um, they've had In out. They've had a few other players out. But they've been you're looking at like they've had two the Soyuncu's out as well. So they're looking at they've had one centre back, two midfielders, a, and a striker, and someone that normally sits on the bench for them anyway a mixture of players out. We have had all four of our centre-backs injured, <laughs> um, plus our right-back, now our left-back, and our defensive midfielder. It's the fact that all of our injuries are concentrated into one specific area of the pitch, and that's what makes it such a big talking point, is that, yes, if we had like a striker out, two midfielders and a defender, then, yes, you'd be saying, oh, I've got injury problems, but it wouldn't make big news. The fact that we've got basically... Three centre-backs, a right-back and a defensive mid, all out injured for, for a good chunk of the season. That's what makes it such a big talking point. Um, it gives a chance for the young lads to step up. And I think thinking about it optimistically, you think, oh yeah, well, the young lads are going to get a chance now. The likes of Necho Williams are going to get a chance to be able to prove himself. Reese Williams will get a good shot. Different players like that will get a chance. Um, but at the same time, you're coming into a big run of fixtures. We talk about it every season, that... Christmas is such a big run of games and we're about to hit it with a, a massively weakened team. As you said, Henderson's been out. Thiago's hoping to come back. Uh, Salah's potentially going to miss the Leicester game. All these different things that are that are going on. Um, it's going to make for a difficult few weeks. But this is what this is what Klopp does. This is where, where Klopp comes into his own. And I'm hoping that this is where he shows what he's all about. That we've said for ages that Klopp is great at building a philosophy and building a squad that anyone can come into that team and play well. This is the moment where they've got to prove that. They've got to prove that they can change the squad up, get rid of players, bring young players in or bring players in off the bench, like Milner coming in and stuff like that, and they can all do a job and we can still play the same way. Um, Leicester is probably a good game to try that out in because, as we said, Leicester's got Soyuncu missing. They've got their main centre-back out. Vardy is... Still hit and miss. I think he will start because he's had a bit of time to rest during the international break. But he's been out, he's going to be a bit rusty. Wilfred and he has been out and all these different players. Um, so we're coming up against a team that's probably similar to us in terms of injuries. So I'm hoping that our team can prove itself and they can push on, they can do well. We've still got a lot of really top players in that team. Um so hopefully they'll still be able to to do the job.
2: Yeah, well Danny, literally I was just listening to you there, and I was just nodding my head because you're so sure right. This is where Jürgen Klopp kind of earns his money. This is where the mentality means just as much as football and ability. Yeah. Just as much as breaks in the day. Just as much as luck in the day. Just as much as anything to do with football. This is where your mentality comes into it. And this is where, like, even as amateur players, you, 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 sometimes you go on a football pitch and you're thinking, oh, we'll beat before we, we're on the pitch. We've all done it. And everyone listens to this pod who's played amateur football from later on, or you're looking around and you're big for it. But I think these Liverpool players and the relief the, the clock puts into them, they go on that pitch, and no matter who's on the pitch for Liverpool, they think we're going to win this game. And I think that's what, that's the, the special thing. Look, yeah, it's interesting that you mentioned Jamie Vardy and James Milner there, because they were the two players that I was going to mention. The reason being, Vardy retired from international football, he's going to be fresh, and he's been on fire this season. For me, Vardy's been probably the best player in the league this season so far. He just scores every week, and he just looks. He's thirty-three years of age. He's not lost a bit of pace. It's just amazing, and he's a testament to any, any footballer. Like he just does, always does the right things every time we see him and he'd be dangerous. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm worried about that. Obviously, Leicester are a great team, and Brendan Rodgers always, you know, he always plays good football. And I think it'll be, it'll be good, entertaining, uh, fun on a Sunday evening for most people. Um Milner as well. Interesting, that you mentioned James Milner. For me, he has to start this game. Yeah. Every international break, he gets two weeks off. And um, I think with the likes of Henderson, a bit of a doubt. Juan Alden seems to be on, on fire for excuse me for Holland. Fabinho, for if he's fit, might have to play centre-back. Um, Thiago hopefully can come in. But for me, um, Milner has to start because he, he, he's, he's the legs and he's had a bit of a break. And for me, this game is going to be very, very, very tight. I don't see any team running away with it. Um, Leicester and Liverpool in the pass have been known as seems that when they go one or two ahead they can go three, four five but for me it's going to be a very, very, very tight game um, and Leicester were flying high I think they went top of the league um, just before the last game there so yeah, the, undoubtedly as you say without injuries or not they've got un- undoubted quality in the squad and the, the one of my teams that I always kind of like watching you know if I see Sheffield United and Leicester on TV or Leicester and whoever on TV, I'm not sitting there thinking, oh, that's a bad game. I think, oh, I like watching Leicester, The are good footballers. And Vardy's just a player that, when he's not playing against Liverpool, you just want want to go well for. Like, I mean, we've watched him over the years, Danny, you know, see Jamie Vardy. Isn't he just a joy to watch? He's just like, he's a bit of old school, isn't he?
0: Yeah, uh, he's, a, he's a great player. Like, you, you love watching, like, Jamie Vardy. I love his story. You love everything about what he does and he's he's quick, he's loyal to his club, he's passionate about the game, and he always gives that bit of old-school banter that you'd expect when you play Saturday League football, that you know that, like, if people are giving him abuse on the terraces and stuff, you know that he's going to give it back when he scores goals. Um, So I think he can't help but like Jamie Vardy. But, as you said, it is going to be a tough game. Yeah, Leicester's currently sitting top of the league, and one of the things I've noticed more about Leicester this season than in previous seasons, you look at their last few games... They beat Wolves 1-0, beat Sport and Braga 4-0, beat Leeds 4-1, beat A.K. Athens 2-1, beat Arsenal 1-0. They're not conceding goals. So they're very, very tight at the play in a good, tight formation at the back. And then they're relying on their strikers. They're relying on Vardy and Madison and other boys like this to come in and to score goals. And even when they're not scoring tons of goals, even in the likes of an Arsenal game where they get... A one nil, and they score. So they, they score. They can hold the game, which is a thing that that we've spoken about with Liverpool for years. Is that they can never pull grind out a one nil. Leicester seem to be able to do that this season. They seem to be able to hold the ball well, keep calm under pressure, score a goal, and see a game out. Um, which is not something we've necessarily seen out of Leicester in the last few years. Um, so it's going to be a tough one. It is going to be a tough game, as you said, because they can block us out and they can stop us scoring and we know that if they do get a goal it's not a case of right. Liverpool just have to go at them and try and score two or three because Leicester are on a team that you're going to score two or three goals against this season Um, so as you said I think we have to be on the ball we have to be defensively very very solid uh, and hopefully we've got the players back to be able to do that and I think we need to try and get them early and try and get them and force them to come out and play to get that equaliser um, so that hopefully we can net a couple of others, because I think if they score first, I think it's going to become a really, really difficult game for us.
2: Again, Danny, <laughs> I couldn't agree with you more. It's one of these games where if Leicester score first, they're looking around and thinking, oh, Liverpool have got quite a few injuries, they're not quite what they should be. But it's one of these games that if Liverpool can start the game fast, get an early goal, keep the ball. I don't think there's many teams out there better than Liverpool keeping the ball no matter who plays. Yeah. So it's, one of, it's just this one could go either way and there's no point in to here um, we're Liverpool fans um, we're optimists we're, we've had a great couple of years so for me I am going to go and you'll very rarely and all the predictions that we've made um, we've made a lot recently you very very rarely hear me saying this prediction but I'm going to go 1-0 Liverpool that's, that's huh? my prediction for Leicester City reason being as I think it'll be a case of just nicking a goal and keeping it tight
0: OK. Um, I'm going to agree with you to a certain extent. I think I'm going to go for 2 notes only because I think Liverpool know that they've got to try and go early. And I think we will go early. I think we'll get a goal early on. And I think if we do, Leicester will keep holding the ball. They'll play your sort of classic Brendan Rodgers, that they'll just try and wear the team down and they'll just keep passing the ball and passing the ball and passing it back and passing it to the defenders, passing it around the centre-back line. And I think they'll keep doing it, but they know they've got to eventually come out and have a go so I think if we can score early I think eventually Leicester are going to come out at us and we'll make a second so I'm going to go 2-0 and I think the results will finish now obviously there's one other big talking point it's been in the news it's been a lot of social media and I suppose you're a good person to, to answer this the, cool. it's the 20th of November at the minute this game's going to be played on Sunday which is the 22nd of November so it's still quite early on in the month why have you got your Christmas decorations up? what is going on? <laughs> 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 big, big talk but
2: I am just one <laughs> I am one of these people And I think mean, there's lots of people sitting here listening They just love the fact that Christmas is on its way And something to look forward to Because let's, let's be honest And it is another bleep for you, Daddy This year, it's been
0: <laughs> <laughs> You make my job hard, work <laughs> <And I> wanna... <laughs> But work
2: but I know, I mean a apart from Liverpool in the league This season has been an absolute write-off Um Personally, and we know all the lockdown stuff But yeah um, I'm enjoying my Christmas decorations, so I have my lights on now on the street. <laughs> and yeah, there you go. Hey, Um I lost my thought process there, but yeah, obviously this same year as football fans, this brings a lot of joy because the games just keep coming and coming and coming and coming. Don't they?
0: Yeah, that's the thing. We've got, as you said, we've got the Champions League games coming up, we've got Premier League games coming up, we've got FA Cup games coming up. Like it is just and fast and Christmas is normally busy and but the whole season up to now has been busy so you wonder if Christmas is still going to be a busy time, what on earth is it going to look like because these players are going to be playing maybe two games a day if it carries on the way it's going, <laughs> you know, so it's going to be interesting to see So that the games coming, the joy of it all I enjoy Christmas decorations, I probably won't be putting them up as early as you are obviously <laughs> um, but it is, it is a fun time and I can see with the year that we've had, I can see why people are doing it
2: yeah i mean yeah it's, it's it kind of to do with that but um yeah i just love the time of the year and, like some lots of football like, you know even over a match and there's no one play, getting you no know, playing and it's always been like that and this year it's it's going to be like that even more and more intensified so all i can say is thank god that we've got the football because you know we we divulged it into a little bit in our last episode on uh, mental health and stuff but mm. i mean there'll be an awful lot of people frustrated over this christmas but the fact the footballs on will keep people occupied and it's a good distraction and you know all these usual things that we've mentioned. Um, but as Liverpool fans, it, it could be make or break our season. You, know, you can say that every season because it is the most important time of the season over the Christmas period. But with the injuries that are coming, you know, I think we're only an, an injury or two away from from free and, and our season could be absolutely ruined. Um, and yeah, it's just so scary because it's on a knife-head the season at the moment. You know, we we're not going to walk away with it. I'll tell you that for nothing. Uh, Champions League, we can always do a good cup run, but there's so much quality. Like, Bayern. Can you see a better team in Europe right now than Bayern Munich? Because I just can't, to be honest.
0: No, they're solid at the minute, aren't they? There's a, you, can, you can always give an argument for on paper that City look really strong and stuff like that. Uh, Real Madrid always look a threat. Um, and different teams like that. But I think actually watching them play, Bayern Munich, uh, every season they come out, they're they're tight, they're organised, they can just score at will. um, And they're just, yeah, it's hard to think, are they going to be beaten this season? But I think one of the good things about us is that we normally come into the Christmas period quite strong. And Liverpool, for the last, obviously, couple of seasons, have been sitting top of the table at Christmas. And we're always thinking to ourselves, I will hopefully players don't get injured otherwise it's going to ruin the season hopefully it does we we don't get these different injuries different knocks bad results different things like that where the way we are this season if we go into the the Christmas period then we're near top of the table we'll be rubbing our hands together thinking do you know what our team's only going to get better throughout the rest of the season with players coming back so hopefully we can give a really good run but as you said this this next month probably month and a half is like is make or break. We've got to perform. We've got to grind out results in, in any way that we can, really.
2: It'll be a Christmas miracle if Liverpool's top of the league, man. I mean, that. Or, <laughs> or, it'll, or it'll be it, it, another one for you, Danny, and you blip it. It'll be a yippee kaye mudette if we're top of the league. That's what I'm going to say. <laughs> and uh, just, 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 just a side note to people listen to this. That, you know, um, I know it's a football podcast, but Die Hard is a Christmas film. And then it's a Die is not a Christmas film. It's deluded. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> we're, we're, we're moving on to the, um, Atalanta now isn't it
0: yeah we'll take a little break for a couple of seconds um, yep. and then we'll go into the Atalanta game and also our big discussion point that we're going to be talking about today so thank you very much for listening to Amo and Danny's Irish Anfield, Anfield Road Anfield. This podcast is sponsored by SB Sports. SB Sports sell the merchandise for some of the best up-and-coming boxers and MMA fighters in the game. So if you're looking for any of their merchandise, head over to their website. And if you're looking for football kits, if you're looking for equipment or anything in between, SB Sports is the place to go for great prices and great merchandise. So head over to sbsports.co.uk and get a great deal.
2: Folks, well, yeah, as previously discussed, we're going to mention a for now and we've got a, a bit of a, one of these topics that, you know, we kind of make up kind of last minute and we, we do a bit of research and, and we enjoy talking. So after that, we're going to talk about our top five players that have played for Liverpool that have been, like, belated by injuries. Um And I know me and Danny were discussing us last night and it was a bit, um I had a list, Danny had a list and then... After comparing lists, I completely changed mine. So I'm still not fully decided. So we'll talk about it. But in the meantime, obviously, Atlanta, um, Danny, we stuffed them there um, a couple of weeks ago. Um, it was a 5 0, I think. Um, and that was away from home. And everyone was shocked. Um, but at Atlanta, or Atlanta, whatever you want to say, it didn't really put much of a fight up. Um, if we win this game at Anfield, um, under the lights, no crowd, obviously, but under the lights, that's us qualified. So do you see it being anything other than convincing victory for Liverpool, Danny?
0: No, I think the fact that we've played with younger players as well and the fact that the pressure's off as well. As you said, if we win this game, we more or less top the group and we don't need to worry about the other two games. Atalanta didn't give us much uh, in saying that. They drew with Inter Milan in their next game after us. Um, so they obviously learned from it and tried to step up a little bit. Um, but I think... I can't, see I can't see us doing anything else. At, at Anfield... The young lads are going to be up for it. I think we've played a lot of the younger boys already. with like to Williams and other people like that. Curtis Jones will come in for it again. Um, Diogo Jota's on form. All the rest of it. I can't see anything other than Liverpool winning this game because the pressure's off. As I said, you've got games where, like, if it's in the t- if it's a tight part of the Champions League group, you think to yourself, "How are our boys going to perform under this pressure?" Liverpool know that they only need a draw. Really, we don't really need to step out there and be winning by two or three goals. We're, we've got a good chance of already doing them as it is. Um, so I think, yeah, I think I can't see anything else other than Liverpool win. I don't think it'll be 5-0 like the last game, but I think I can see Liverpool winning it. And then we we cruise the rest of the group and it gives us a chance to be able to play younger lads, give them a bit of experience. I think we've got, obviously we always say, oh, we can play the younger lads in those games. I think we've got no choice at the minute of to play the younger lads. Um, but we play the younger lads, like, get them a bit of experience in the Champions League and, and we cruise on from there. I can't, see it. I can't see it being anything else. What about you? I mean, I think, I, again, <laughs>
2: I agree with you, Danny. It's going to be a chance for some of the young players like Jim to also coming as well, maybe. Um, but what I think the biggest thing about this game is the pressure's off. It's a home game around field. We're practically qualified. Um, just go and express yourself. That's the way I look at it, you know. So, uh, for me, I just don't think um, there's going to be any issues. I think it'll be a comfortable victory. Um, and yeah, I'd, I'd love to see us top the group because then in those two final games, um, we can just play some of the kids and and, and kind of have a, a couple of weeks off for some of the players that really, 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 really need it. Um, and it'll be a chance for the to, to like see a Curtis Jones and boys like that because, I mean, he was unbelievable for the under 21 for England. And it's just Curtis Jones, I think. If we bought him now as a youngster coming to Liverpool, you'd be paying 20 30 million for him, and uh, you'd be so excited about him. The fact that he's coming for the U system, we're a little bit kind of quite wild. We're just expecting him to be good, and, and we're, we're kind of taking for granted how good he's actually been. He mm. comes in, you not sitting there thinking, Oh, no, you know, youngster, but you're sitting there thinking, Aye, I'm glad that Jones is in the team, so I think he'll have a big part to play um, against Atlanta and maybe the two Champions League games after that. Um, but, yeah, I can't see anything but a comfortable victory for Liverpool. I think the pressure's off. And I think uh, I'm going to go, I think, for... I'll be a bit bit more optimistic in the Leicester game and I'll go for a uh, 3-0 victory. Um, what about you?
0: Yeah, I agree with you. I, I, think, I think it's going to be... I can't see Atalanta scoring. And I think if they do score, it's going to be fortunate. They had one good player that looked like he had half a chance. And apart from that... They didn't really look like they were gonna be doing too much, did they, while they were playing? So yeah, I think Yeah, I'm gonna I'm I'm gonna say 2-0 because I'm gonna say that I think Liverpool will score. I think, especially if Salah is out, I think this is like Diogo Jota's chance and Firmino's chance to be able to prove that they deserve this spot, playing in normal positions that they're used to playing in. Um, I think the two of them will go for it, and I can see them playing well. I think we'll score. I think we'll score a second one just to give a little bit of distance between us, and then I think we'll sit back and we'll pass it around and we'll see how the game. So I'm gonna, I'm gonna say two nil, though.
2: So well, basically what we've established in this episode that I haven't disagreed that you once. And
0: if you're in doubt or any kind of
2: you know trying to think about a score, you just go for two 0 because it seems handy. That's what we've <laughs> established in this episode that if in doubt, <laughs> just go for two nil. <laughs> <laughs> and and, and he's bound to be right on one of them, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, um, if, if Liverpool beat Leicester 2-0 or beat Atlanta 2-0, then at least one of Danny's predictions is right.
0: <laughs> Up to now, I think, chances are, neither of those games will finish on my prediction because I've been nothing but wrong all season with my predictions. It's um, oh. <laughs> so a good chance for me to apologise to everyone, isn't it? Because I, I honestly am starting to think that it's my fault that all of this happened. <laughs> because I flew this flag... Of Lovren out for so long, and then the second he's gone out, every other one of our defenders <laughs> is going to got injured, and it's as if like I'm being told now you shouldn't have, you shouldn't have hated Lovren so much.
2: <laughs> but I mean, it's an interesting, one Danny, because um, we're, we're going to talk about injuries and stuff now and and stuff. But well, I'll, I'll make a quick side note because I was a bit of a fan of Lovren, and we had the banter, but I think it was very Dejan Lovren was thirty one years of age. He'd been a fantastic servant to the play. You only have to look at the the tribute that Jordan Henderson paid to him that we you know we've been through. Um, he was experienced defender, and in a time like now, you'd be like, oh, you know, we could we could die for David Love right now. And I think Klopp just respected they want to play first team football. Um, and yet it's one of them where do you think maybe it was a wrong decision why Klopp to let Love go, or are you still well can you completely understand why he did, and are you? What, what I'm trying to say to you, basically, in, in a nutshell, is if Dejan Lovren was in
0: Liverpool squad now, would you play him above these youngsters, you know? Yeah, if he was in the squad now, you'd play him. Um, and I, think no denying. I could say about Lovren, say about what I think of Lovren all day, but um, if, you, if you're if you in the situation that we're in, you'd play him because he's experienced, he's in the World Cup final, the guy is, is a good centre-back and he knows what he's doing. Yes, he was a little bit of a liability at times for Liverpool, but generally you would rely on him to play. The thing is, though, is that if we didn't have the injuries that we've got now, this conversation would never be happening. We'd never even be talking about Dejan Lovren and I'm leaving for another club. The only reason it's happened is because we have so many injuries. So for me, I think Klopp can never... I think if you spend your life thinking to yourself, well, I've got to keep this player and I've got to keep that player because what if everyone gets injured? You'll never leave anyone. You'll make yourself bankrupt. Um, so I think it was the right decision to to let him... See out his, his his career somewhere else, and let him play first team football and let him play consistently because he was never going to get that at Liverpool. Um, obviously you'd want him now, but that but behind a great thing.
2: Well, yeah, there you go. So yeah, I, personally, yeah, I would play him. But um, anyway, it brings us on to the injury situation. So me and Danny had a discussion, and we're gonna uh, name our top five Liverpool players that we think have been blacked by injury and um, been unlucky. Um. But yeah, our top five entry from Liverpool players, it's a bit of a a, a a kind of a different subject. But what I'll ask you to do, Danny, is I'll ask you to go from um, five down to one. And then I'll go from five down to one and we'll choose number one. So if you go in, it doesn't have to be in order, but if you want to do, go five,
0: four, three, two. Okay, cool. Um, so yeah, I'll go five, four, three, two. So my number five, there was a lot of players that we can mention. There's a lot of honourable mentions. We mentioned Oxlade-Chamberlain before, who is basically a Liverpool PR person at the minute and not really a player. Um, because he's been blighted by injuries and probably from doing too many TikTok dances with his girlfriend. Um, but <laughs> the, there's so many players that we can mention and put in this list who were sort of blighted by injuries over the years, but we have to try and narrow it down. So my number five, I have gone for Fabio Aurelio. Fabio Aurelio for me was obviously... People are automatically going to be listening to this going, ah, oh, left-footed defender, well done for putting him in. Um, <laughs> well, <I don't laughs> no, no one's thinking that. Everybody's thinking it. Um, but Fabio Aurelio, for me, was a, a great player. We, we all remember his, his free kick against United and all these different things that he'd done. Um, where you think to yourself, he had a really good chance. He came in to replace John Arnaurisa, and he was a good ball player, good Brazilian Sort of on the ball, remind you a little bit of sort of that sort of Roberto Carlos-esque, like ran down the wing, whipped good balls in, had a great shot on him. And you thought to yourself, we've got a real catch here. We've got a real good player that we can uh, rely on to replace John Arnaurisa here. But he just never really amounted to anything, did he? So the 87 appearances in seven years, um, three goals, obviously all three kicks, but he was, he, he was one for me that I think if he would have stayed Without injuries, I think he'd either, have either been a great player for Liverpool would have been singing his praises. But I think because of his injuries, he kind of just faded into insignificance, unfortunately. But he goes down to my number five because I think he could have been something great. Fair enough. Number four for me is Lallana. Obviously, it's been well documented about Lallana's injuries over the years and what he's gone through. Um, but Lallana, again, came from Southampton, was doing a great job. Um But he was injury prone and he was stuffed a little bit. Uh, Three, Daniel Sturridge. Daniel Sturridge, for me, it's documented in Gerard's biography about Sturridge and the fact that he wouldn't play unless he was completely fully fit, which just wasn't the case when you're playing professional football. No one is ever fully fit. Um, But Sturridge, for me, had a couple of great seasons where he could have really built on them, but he just didn't. Uh, And number two is Jamie Redknapp. Jamie Redknapp, great midfielder, great right peg on him. 30-yard shot, um, but was just constantly sitting on the bench all the time, but he, he's, he's already classed as a Liverpool legend, but what he could have been if he wasn't injured was something else, so that's my that's my five to two.
2: Yep. Yeah, so my number five is Aurelio for the exact same reasons that you mentioned, um, plus I've met him a couple of times, so yeah, um, he's a nice guy, so he gets into my top five. My number four is Neil Mellor, uh, obviously we had him on the last podcast, um, the season preview, and just hearing the story about how he had to get the operation and miss the rest of the season and he was lucky to get a Korean football 50-50 for me. The heartstrings pulled on me and I just had to go from So of to Neil Miller. Third one, Dio um, and um, Obviously the leg breaks that he had um, and it was just unbelievable. I think I was at the game against Villa when he broke his leg back in the day and it was just to think when Liverpool signed Dio said when he came to us that what a ugh, he was like the, the hot hot prospect of Europe. He was the the best player in Europe at the time. And he comes to Liverpool, done great, got the leg break. And he was just never the same after that. So, obviously, yeah, my number three is Jibble, shall um, My number two is Daniel Sturridge, again, for the reasons you mentioned. When he was on form, when he wasn't injured, um, that left foot, and I'm sure you can appreciate that, Danny, that left foot of his is just one of the best left foot I've ever seen. You know, when he, when he wants to turn on, he could, you know. Um, so yeah Daniel Sturridge is my num- number two and um, so hey, what's your number one
0: then? <laughs> I can imagine it's probably gonna be the same as yours because we seem to be on the yeah. same wavelength. My number one is Daniel Agger. yes Daniel Agger <laughs> obviously played a ton of games for Liverpool he played 175 games altogether um he played for Liverpool but he had a massive injury in 2007 that kept him out until almost 2009. He missed so much of a chunk of that season. Um, because of his metatarsal injuries and different things like this um, so I think he could have done so much more he's already regarded as a legend but for me Daniel Aga was, was top draw but what he could have been if he had carried that I think he was for me he was on level with the likes of Carragher and Hippier, um if he just could have stayed fit and What can
2: you say about Daniel Aga I mean the quality was just unbelievable the goalies the couple of goals he scored were unbelievable on his day I don't think he was a better central defender in the world. And he not only was he a great central defender, he actually could play football. You know what I mean? But he had a bit of Van Dyke in him. Plus, yeah. you know, I think what we'll do is, on this episode, which has been great and we've agreed a lot, I think we're going to listen to one of our most spectacular tunes here. Because who remembers the song? It's Tats who said he was a red agger, agger. He elbowed all his in the head, agger. <laughs> there you go, and I'm forgetting the words as I'm going along. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I love that song. And whenever he did give Torres the elbow in that head, when he signed for Chelsea, it was one of the best, one of the best uh, moments as a Liverpool fan. You know, you shouldn't really condone that type of stuff, but it was class. And yeah, Daniel Agger, I think he's 35 years of age, and, and I think that it just goes to show that he's retired early because of injuries, and he's probably left Liverpool a little bit too early. I just think that Rodgers didn't really. I don't think you could trust him because of his injury record, but he was a great servant to pull on, you know, for me, quality. So, yeah, I'm glad that we both... It's been an episode we're also done as a great Danny. I
0: know, it's a weird one, isn't it? So you, 2020. It's a stranger.
2: <laughs> there you go. But anyway, in the meantime, thank you for listening to Amo
0: and Danny's Irish Anfield Road.